You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 276 of The Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another another Sunday. I know, beginning of the work week. I know it's a battle. Here we go, folks. But uh, how you guys doing? Um, I'm recording this at 5.30 on Saturday, so of course it's the NFL Wild card weekend. I, I, I think last time I checked, see, Seattle's up by one on San Francisco. That's pretty, I got Seattle on the money line. So hopefully you can cash a few bucks here. But, uh, DraftKings, THPN, some, uh, some great promos right now. Um, I'm not going to lie, folks. I'm kind of, uh, <coughs> oh, there you go. There's the first one. Um, I'm kind of battling with some, kind of some throat issues here. Um, uh, yes, that time of year. So, um, uh, as I always, well, I always say, I won't, I won't be long today. And then I end up yelling out the window for an hour and a half. Um, but what are we going to talk about today? Well, I have, uh, oh, I got a list. Tim, don't you worry. I got it. I got it covered. Um, uh, is, is the top five toughest New York Islanders of all time. Um, that should be interesting. As I would say for the new folks here, um, uh, I have a, I have a couple cats that always send me lists and everything. And I've kind of collected them over time. Like the, the links and stuff. And, uh, I never check the lists. I do it uh, on air. I'm discovering them with the listeners. So my reaction you're getting is genuine. So, uh, you know, I, I like, uh, I like to save that for, uh, when I'm recording. So we'll, we'll see what happens here. I kind of have some suspects that I think they pick, but you never know what these lists, they could, they, they take a hard right sometimes, uh, which makes the list even better when they do. Um, and I know last Sunday I talked about this, uh, a feature that I was going to do called, uh, my week on the internet. And, uh, and I had a few examples, but it's sort of actually it all morphed into one sort of one big sort of, um, topic to discuss. So basically it's like the hypocrisy of fight fans and, 
But it, it involved like, oh, it's, oh, we talked about stage, talk about stage fighting and Brashear and blah, 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 and, uh, glove punch and people wanting to suspend everyone forever and, and that type of thing. And, uh, but I'll get into all that. But, uh, um, unfortunately at the top of the show, um, uh, some sad news from the hockey world. Uh, Ryan Pisiak has uh, passed away, passed away yesterday at 47 years old. Um, he was from Saskatchewan here. Uh, played in the Western Hockey League with Prince Albert in the early 90s. Um, was drafted actually by the LA Kings in the late rounds. And, uh, you, know, you know, had the minor league career. Uh, finished up in the Quebec League with Laval and Tetford. Um, I unfortunately, I, I never had a chance to. I never ran into Ryan uh, personally. And... Um, and I don't think I had actually any interaction with him on social media. I mean, we're Facebook friends and that type of thing. But um, I think he commented on some pictures sometime, a couple times. But other than that, um, I never had any interaction with him, unfortunately. Um, uh, after I posted yesterday that he had passed away, I had a number of ex-players um, and ex-teammates kind of get a hold of me and send me some messages and ask you kind of what happened and that type of thing. Or have I heard anything? Or and they kind of shared some brief stories and... Um, yeah, it's just really sad. And I mean, um, you know, at that age and, um, you know, and, uh, you know, everyone's battling stuff, right. And, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my thoughts go out to this family and his friends and, um, yeah, it's, it's really sad that, um, you know, another, another uh, gentleman passed away. Um, you know, and I know Louis Bedard, uh, touched about it on his Facebook page, Yesterday, he kind of, he wrote a letter about it, um, or wrote a post about it. And, uh, yeah, just, again, it's just, if you, if you have help, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, you know, and I know, you know, I've had a number of, you know, and being involved with the show and talking to guys all the time and in that mix, I've had guys tell me like, Hey, if you, you know, if anyone's having a struggle, you know, give them my number, that type of thing. And, um, and I know from talking to guys, um, there's a lot of guys that have battled through stuff and are still battling, but, um, um, you know, they kind of, you know, they've made the, they've made the turn and, and, uh, it's positive now, but, um, yeah, everyone, everyone's going through stuff. And, uh, you know, if, if you're having problems, again, I encourage you to, to reach out, to, uh, you know, to, you know, uh, there's places you can phone and on the internet, just look it up and, uh, you know, and, uh, and hopefully you can, uh, you know, you can get some help or talk to somebody and, um, yeah, and you're, you know, and I know that the feeling is that you're always alone, but you're not. So if anybody's listening to this and you're, and you're struggling, please, uh, reach out, get help. Um, you know, and I know, you know, from my show and dealing with the players that I deal with, you know, it's the, you know, the tough guys and all that. And, uh, you know, and, uh, so, you know, sometimes, um, you, you know, the, you know, the, the kind, it's the, it's the, the male, the alpha, you know, I, I got to battle alone, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll conquer it myself and, uh, and, and, you know, and, uh, no, please get a hold of people and talk and, uh, and, uh, and, and that type of thing. Um, yeah, I you know, I don't know what, what more to say. Uh, you know, just reach out. There's all, there's people that are willing to listen and, um, you know, whether it be a professional or, or just reach out to, uh, you know, former players. And I think just talking with those guys, um, because they've, they've obviously gone through it. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, and it's not only just the, the physical side, but the, you know, the mental side and the, and the life after hockey is, has been tough for a lot of guys and, uh, and, and all that. And, um, you know, and, and a lot of times that's, that's obviously, 
those life experiences can only be shared with people, um, you know, fellow hockey players. So, um, but uh, there's guys that I've seen out on Facebook that you can reach out to. They're always willing to talk, um, you know, and, um, and I, and I encourage people, um, I encourage the guys listening to this. I know there's a lot of ex-players listening to this show. I encourage you to do that. Reach out to old teammates, that type of thing. Uh, get back in the mix, talk to people. Um, I, I think, and I, you know, just, uh, to kind of go off, I think we all sort of, you know, we all kind of, uh, um, keep to ourselves sometimes and, and feel like, you know, you don't want to, we don't want to bother other people with our problems, but that, uh, I don't, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's a, that's a real, um, I, I think that's the wrong way to look at things. I, 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 you know, and I know it's tough to open up. I really do. But, uh, you know, I, I hopefully, uh, those listening, you're just, just remember you're not alone and there's people out there that want to help. So please seek help. And, uh, cause, um, you know, 48 years old is too young for that. So, but, uh, rest in peace, uh, Ryan Pisiak. All right, guys. Um, well, before we kind of get into the, the topics of the day here, um, I, you know, obviously I have to talk about, uh, talk about some, uh, some friends and characters out there in the, in the podcasting world. As I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, 50 shows in the network, over 50 shows. So all the NHL teams have shows. There's original content. Um, Terry Ryan, five in a game. Who's that? Well, I'm going to tell you who's that in a second. There's, um, there's lots of shows out there for you to check out. Of course, there's Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Um, he recently released an episode. I know, crazy. The wonders never cease. Um, of course, the, uh, um, still battling with the East Coast Hockey League. That's, uh, that's like, that's like the Avalanche and Wings back in the day. It's going to be Alec versus the East Coast League. It's a rivalry for the ages, but, uh, definitely check out Alec's show. He does a great job. I mean, he even got angry last episode. I was like, holy shit, look at that. Crotchety old bastard. But, uh, uh, but yeah, tremendous back catalog. Rob Ray, Segroy, Bia Lois. Um, definitely give his show a listen. Of course, you got Joe, Joe Lazito over at the Nordiques Knuckles podcast. Um, so far, he has uh, had player interviews with Trevor Steenberg, Ken McRae, um, multiple, multiple parts. Um, of course, previous to that, he did the Coliseum Chronicle podcast. It was a New York Islander-based podcast. Um, uh, I believe he had 80-some episodes, depending on what math you use. I was always, that New York math, we'll see. Could be 75, could be 82, you never know. Um, but, uh, he, and he, uh, like I said, he hung up his Islander jersey, and he put on his Nords jersey, and uh, he uh, he kind of uh, pivoted, and he's, he's going in this direction, so... Um, yeah, couple up, couple interviews so far, and uh, keep rolling. And uh, again, Joe's been around the block, and he knows what's going on. And I mean, I always say, if you want to know, get to know a player. Well, I, I've I've seen him fight. I know a little bit about him. Ah, if Joe interviewed him, you'll know everything about him. You know, by the time it's done, oh yeah, you'll have family. It'd be like Ancestry.com by the time you're listening to that. Done listen to that show, but uh, no, Joe does a great job. Um, I always say he doesn't know. Just turn over stones. He flips boulders. So you'll you'll know the guy by the time it's done. If you notice, I do that a few times. I'm trying to suppress coughing here. So I know somebody goes, oh, just edit it out. Ah, dude, I don't edit nothing. Are you kidding me? Who's got time for that? I'm doing two shows a week here. I don't got time to edit nothing. But uh, uh, Nordique's Knuckles podcast, check it out. 
And then, last but certainly not least, speaking out in the rock, out in Cape Breton, the boy Jordan, who was a guest on the show a few weeks ago, and I don't know, the bug must have got into him, I've, I, I guess, I don't know, created a monster. Um, he actually started his own podcast, uh, Five and a Game, and it's basically right now he's focusing on the Quebec Junior League uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, some tough guys that went through there, and who he got to witness being in Cape Breton. And um, yeah, and I think he's about episode 10 now, episode 9. Um, he did his first player interview in episode 8 with Eric Lison there, and you folks, minor league fans listening, you know who I'm talking about. Doesn't get much tougher than that cat. Um, solid interview. And then, um, and he also has a YouTube channel where he's kind of putting these like biographic videos up of Samuel Duplain, Mark Andre Watt, George Davis, Marty Doyle, uh, Jimmy Bonu. And, uh, it includes video and talk. They're like 15, 20 minutes. And, uh, he also made it in audio form on the podcast as well. So, and he actually just got on the uh, hockey podcast network as well. So a fellow networker. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward. Um, well, and the thing that I always, that, uh, that, I, that, that gets me by listening to Jordan early on, it's just the enthusiasm, you know, when you first start out and, uh, I always tell them all, we were all there once. Now we're just beaten down and bitter now, but <laughs> no, but his, uh, um, his enthusiasm for it and stuff is, uh, is, um, is great to hear. And, uh, I, I, I wish him success going forward. I know he has another, well, he just finished another interview and, uh, he hasn't released it yet. So I won't, you know, throw that out there, but I know he's done another interview and, um, yeah, really looking forward to what he could do. As I would say with the creators, it's, uh, anytime you get another person in the space, I think it's really good. And, uh, like I said, it's, uh, especially when it's a historical type of show, looking back on something. Cause I said that the history of hockey fighting, whether NHL, minors, junior, what have you, um, just really isn't there anymore. Like I said, with the death of the message boards and, and, and all that and all that going away, it's, it's basically the erasing of history. And, um, in terms of podcasting, I mean, it's ba- it's just myself, uh, Alec, and Joe. Uh, for the longest time, we're the only ones doing it. And uh, you know, and there's some other shows that might have a you know a former player on or whatever, and they talk about it. But but overall, just the theme itself, um, you know, it's really niche and and it's, there's not a lot out there. So to have Jordan come in and and uh, you know and to look at the Quebec Junior side of things um, has been re- is really cool. And I uh, wish him well. And uh, I hope you guys check it out. And uh, you know, and, uh, and, and, and go check out some names from the past. And, um, and, and, and it's been really great to see him, uh, start off here. So yes, five in a game. And as I said, if you're on YouTube, definitely give his channel a look as well as Alec at the, you know, five for five in a game, five for fighting, lots of fives flying around five for fighting. Um, again, check out his YouTube channel, um, as well as D skunk, Old Jay in Iowa there, um, he's been doing it for over a decade, and he's got SPHL fights, that's what he's currently doing right now, he's kind of the SP guy, uh, but he also, before that, old UHL, IHL, like I said, over a decade, he's got some great stuff on his channel, definitely go down that rabbit hole in his show, uh, or in his channel, you'll, you'll dig it, and, uh, but yeah, and of course, I know I have a YouTube channel as well, you know, Fourth Line Voice, obviously, um, yeah, all those channels. And I always say with, you know, and I'm going to always say it. And I mean, I know some people, whatever, they roll their eyes. But, uh, oh, again, why did you just get on with it? But, you know, if you could hit the subscribe button on the YouTube channels, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, not only mine, but any podcast that you listen to, 
please download it. Don't stream it. Um, as a creator, it's, we appreciate that because um, we can follow the analytics. You can see who's listening, how many are listening, where, when, and all that. You can't get that from streaming. Um, so download, don't stream, but um, and and re- and review the show and rate it. Um, again, you don't have to write warm piece in the review column. Just hey, good job or whatever, or just hit the star rating. Again, the reason I bring that up, it's not just for our, oh, he gave me five stars, it's an ego trip, it's nothing like that. It actually, there's a point to it, again, with the analytics and stuff, and um, it helped when it, how you rate it um, with the, uh, well, I'm, I'm struggling for the word now, but it, it helps, the algorithm, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, after you're done listening to a show, you know, on the side, it says, oh, similar shows. It's the same as YouTube after you watch the video, similar videos, that type of thing. Um, that happens because of the amount of, uh, the ratings and the reviews that you get. So, um, again, not just my show, I'm saying it for Alec or for Jordan's or Joe's. It's, um, it's a big deal if you could help us out by, uh, by rate. That's why I would say rate and review on whatever platform you're listening to. Cause, uh, it's the little things as listeners that you guys can do that help us out, uh, as creators. So please, if you could do that, it'd be much appreciated. And, uh, all right, gang, let's get into it here, shall we? You drink of this before we start really yelling. Um, well, the first thing I just, uh, that I was going to talk, well, I was going to do my, my week on the internet, but it all sort of morphed into this one category, but, um, <laughs> well, I guess I'll just talk about Brashear first. I mean, I know. And I've said this a number of times on this show, uh, whether it be rating them or whatever. Um, I know there's lots of people out there that are not Brashear fans. They don't like him and what have you. And that's, you know, outside, well, basically, I was going to say outside of Tony, I don't know anybody that's a Brashear fan. Um, but I've always said on this show, I, I mean, I, I was never a Brashear guy, but I have to get, you always have to give him his due, I think. Um, where I always give him his due, I should say, because most people don't, uh, which is the top point of my topic here. But um, I vote, you know, the guy fought everybody, uh, you know, uh, you know, when he came out to my, and I, I always laugh when people, when they want to downgrade Brashear, they feel like they're bashing him. They start putting up like clips from when he was in Montreal and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but that was when he was a rookie. You know, in his first couple of years in the league, that's what you're going to go. Like he played for, you know, 10 years after that. It was like, and he was dominant, but you can't, of course, you can't really find any video in like Vancouver or New York or whatever of him, you know, you know, so you got to use the Montreal stuff. It's like, okay, you know, like, I mean, that's like, if you wanted to knock Probert, you go to his fine, start putting up the Nazaroff fights at the end of his career. So you'll see. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, really? we I mean, you can do that for everybody if you want to. You're not making a point. Um, no, it, it's, you know, and I get it with British. I get it. The guy, like I said, I'm not a fan. I found him annoying. Um, but there's... <laughs> And again, if, if you're listening to this and you're staring at your dad, ah, fuck Brashear and whatever and all this, that's fine. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to change anybody's opinion on them or their thoughts that, you know, whatever, but it's just like, can we get past this? Oh, he wasn't tough. Like get, oh, huggy bear, huggy bear. I love that. You, like you sound like an idiot. And it, it's amazing just these, the, the idiocy that gets brought, these myths that just get, 
that there this folklore that just becomes like it's the truth. And uh, like a perfect example was today, there was a Brashear topic or whatever people are talking about. It and I never liked the prick because he hit Cam. Ne- I was there the night he hit Cam Neely from behind, and Jamie Huscroft had to come in and really beat the shit out of him or dummied him. Really? And I'm kind of thinking, I'm like, I don't what? I don't remember that. So, of course, I'm like, all right. So I go to YouTube and I look. Oh, well, he did fight Huscroft in Boston one night. So, okay. So I go to YouTube to look it up. Oh, well, okay. First of all, Neely's coming across the blue line. It's Eves Racine knees him. And then there, Neely comes back. There's a whistle. Neely comes over and there's a big scrum. And Brashear and Huscroft find each other in the scrum and come out of it. And have a, not a bad fight. But Brashear ends up pulling, like, Huscroft's jersey over and, like, kind of gives it to him. Of course, the Boston and I, Idiots listening to the announcers like, oh yeah, well, you know, they don't even know who's fighting. And they think it's Brashear that need them and, uh, you know, those buffoons. But it's just like, oh, well, there you go. Fiction can be fun. But you know, and it's from like 19, whenever the hell it was, while Neely was playing, it would be about the mid-90s. So this dope has been walking around for the last almost 30 years telling everybody about Brashear hitting Neely from one, from behind one night and then Huscroft had to take him out. You know, like, and I ended up just putting the YouTube clip in the response. I'm like, well, fiction can be fun. Like, you fucking goof. Like, it's just shit like that. And, like, people, like, they listen to they listen to these goofy announcers. Like, never mind what you're actually, your eyes are seeing in the video. They just, they hear it. And it just gets, imp- like, just gets like a, like a, a worm in their head and in their brain. They just get this earworm. And it's like... Yeah, oh, well, then, yeah, because Derek Sanderson said it. I guess it must be true. Or every announcer in every Chara fight ever goes on about what a killer he is. Really? Again, you ever watch Chara fight? Again, I always say, go watch watch every fight against a legit heavyweight that Chara had. Oh, wait. I, I already looked it all up. I did it. I did it for a show, well, probably last year. I went through everyone. I went through his entire fight card and went through every heavyweight fight that was available on YouTube. Same result every time. But I know before you say anything, if I put that on the internet, oh, I know some dope is, of course, is going to reply to me with the Kochi fight. That's the only one they ever got. Well, what, what about this one's fourth line? You know, oh, well, Kochi had a broken nose going into the fight. But I will say that was the one fight in Chara's career where he actually stood toe to toe with the guy. Other than that, go watch every... I, I'm, I'm not just saying it for effect. I challenge anyone. And don't send me the bullshit last year's fight with Maroon or something. No. I'm talking about Karens. You know, all these guys. LaRock, Brashear, Shelley. Go watch them. Go watch them. Yeah, yeah you'll, you'll see what I mean. As soon as anyone starts any offense... Oh, amazing. Charo manages to find the banana peel that was left on the ice. Every time I brought this episode I brought it up in the episode sure enough about a week later because I don't think he can come up with any original topics but John Scott brings it up to George LaRock and they say the same thing oh he always slipped yep well what would they know I guess but but anyway what was I ranting about oh Brashear yeah but just and then some other guy oh he always picked the spots like like, yeah never fought anyone what the like that's what I mean. Like, are these guys, just, are you just trolling or are you really that stupid? It's hard to tell nowadays. 
It's hard to tell. It's like social media is basically satire at this point, so it's always tough. But I mean, I see I've seen that a bunch of times. Well, because somebody mentioned one time that Brashear was, uh, you know, was a like to get guys at the end of their shift, or he fought on his terms, you know. So then now, oh well, then you know so this guy said it, so it's gotta be true. And oh yeah. Meanwhile, there's a million fights, especially actually later on in his career. Brashear was a big square off guy. So what are you talking about? He jumped people. What? Like, oh, well, this one time. Oh, yeah, this one time. Because if it's not absolute, if it's not 100%, you know, because, yeah, tell me what's absolute in life. Really? Did it, Brashear ever jump something? Yeah, probably. Um, I don't know. I, I get, I assume so. Every guy did that fought that many times. I'm sure they have a few on their card. But this, like, oh, he never, yeah, he always picked the spots. Never fought a true heavyweight. Like, what? Well, he had about a, what is it, about an 11 fight series with Bob Probert? Like, what, again, what, what are we doing? I get that you don't like him. That's fine. I don't, I'm not sitting here trying to make the claim that you all oh, know, after you listen to this, you have to be a brochure guy after. I'm not saying that, but why do we, do we have to be stupid about it? Why do people have to be stupid? That's what I'm saying. Now, if you don't want to put them in your, because it's all opinion, who gives a shit? It's all opinion. If you don't want to put them in your top, then don't. But if you're going to be a serious, like, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, if you want to be a serious grown-up, let's have the discussion, fight fan discussion, I'm, I'm more than willing to sit down and, and discuss, whether it be on the internet or on this show, if someone, I know there's probably a ton of guys listening to this show right now that are just giving, their, giving the speaker or their phone the finger, like, oh, Darren, fuck you, you and your Brashear thing. Well... I've, I, I have an open mic challenge here. You come on the, if we're going to be adult about it, take the little fanboy goggles off. I'm not interested in hearing about your team. But if we're going to be grown ups here and be mature about it and like, really, let's be serious. Yeah. You come, you come sit on here and tell me why brush here, uh, everything that's wrong with him. I'd, I'd love to hear your, his, uh, he didn't fight anybody. He was a spot picker, blah, blah. Oh, I'd love to hear the reasoning for this. But most of these guys, like I said, when you say like, well, what are you talking about? That's not true. Look at his fight card. Oh yeah, but, 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 yeah, but this, it's always what about isms. That's, well, that's all anybody has for anything nowadays. Oh, well, this one time. Oh, this one time. Sure. You know, like I said, it's like idiot there talking about, oh, he, he had Neely from behind. Like, oh, he was just a dirty prick. When was Brashear dirty? What was he suspended for? What major suspension did Donald Brashear ever get? I don't remember them. You know, um, you know, well, that he's an enforcer. He was dirty. Oh, no shit. Really? <laughs> what? You know. Uh, well, the, and then the, it's just, oh, like, oh. He's, yeah. Oh, I, the list of who he ducked is longer. Uh, like, oh, like, why? Just, uh, why? Like, just see, like, if you don't, uh, I get it. You don't like him. Just why even comment on the thread? Like, what? Why do we have, why do, these are, and these are grown adults. And, and you talk like you're eight year olds on the playground when you're comparing things, you know, like what Power Ranger was the toughest. It's like, this is what these clowns and these fight boards sound like. Like again, don't, you don't have to like him, but come, what are we doing here? Give the devil his due. Like it's like, you can't, Brashear sucked. Well, he didn't. I, he, did, he didn't. You could, well, I didn't like his fight now. And, okay. You, I didn't like his fighting style. Okay. 
You can say that. I can't argue with because that's your opinion. I can't argue with that. Styles make fights. Everybody fights different. Yeah, was he Ken Tasker? No. You know, did he rap? Yeah. But this idea that he, he smothered guys to death and was just like Neil Sheehy about it, well, that's not true either. I mean, there was fights where he split Sandy McCarthy's helmet in half, so clearly, oh, he throws noogies. Oh, yeah, right, he's just splitting helmets here. Yeah, there must be yeah, real pillows, you know. And these guys that love to talk like Brashear was a pillow puncher. Well, I've had guys on my show that will disagree with you that fought him. He wasn't. Same thing with LaRock. I love that. Oh, LaRock and Brash threw pillows. Oh, sure they did. Yeah. Okay. I talk to anybody who's actually fought him, you dipshit. You know. Now, if you don't like his fighting, again, okay, I get it. I'm not. I'm not going to argue about that. That still doesn't. Not, that still. That still doesn't make him ineffective. You know, just because you didn't like his style. I mean, that was like. Um, uh, well, that was like the guy the other day speaking my my week on the internet was talking about Darren Langdon. Oh, he was never much of a fighter. <laughs> again, what? Like, what huge losses did Darren Langdon ever have in his career? Not many. Um, oh, he's a pillow punch. Well, he, yeah, he didn't have knockout. He didn't have the big knockout power. But he was scientific and grappled with guys and wrestled with guys. But, although I wouldn't call Langdon a wrestler. I wouldn't. Um, not, not in like a Brian Curran sense. Like, to me, that's wrestling. She and Curran. Those guys were wrestlers. I wouldn't call Langdon a wrestler. Like, no, he, he would grip and cross-grip and do all that. He was tech. To me, I was technical. Like, in, my, in my world, technical and wrestling is different. Because Langdon would throw punches. Um, he'd also work on stamina. He'd work. He'd wear guys down. As they would say, he'd drag him out in the deep water. And then he'd start his offense. And he did that lots. And, I mean, stamina for days. And, um, you know, but this idea that Langdon couldn't fight. It's like, okay, what? And he's like, well, who who'd he ever put away? It's like, okay, well, who did whoever put him away? If we want to go, if we're going to play that game, really? Like, um, no. I mean, Langdon had a great career and fought everybody. And like, I don't remember him getting. I mean, I I, I can't recall every one of Langdon's. I'm sure two, three hundred fights over his minor and, and NHL career, but. Um, you know, and I'm sure as soon as I'm done, somebody will, oh, what about this one? Well, I'm sure he probably got smashed at one time, but most guys do that fight that much. But I don't recall it. We'll put it that way. So, um, but, you know, I know he had, uh, he, caught, he caught Stu one night. Uh, was it Ojik he caught? I mean, it was, uh, not that he put him to sleep or anything, but, I mean, you know, uh, I, I can't, I... I, in my mind, I'm always sitting there like, how, how does anybody knock Darren Langdon? Really? But eh, some people do. Again, I think it I think it always comes down with Brashear or Langdon or guys like that or LaRock and stuff. I think it's just this, stylistically, they just don't, they don't like the way they fight. So then it's like, oh, well, they suck. Well, how, how are you using the term? Are you saying they suck because you don't like their fighting style? Because you can't, because I, I don't care even if you don't like the guy, you can't say the guy sucks. And then, and just completely ignore his results. I mean, all three of those guys that just lit, well, Brashear and LaRock are in my top ten of all time. I mean, say whatever you want, but I mean, just go list me the fights that they got smashed in. It's going to be a real short list. So, you know, whatever. You can, like I said, guys, I'm not saying they have to be in your top ten or whatever, but I think if someone says that, 
you know, all the, they were unimpressive in their fighting careers. Well, then I, I'm just going to blank. If you say, I'll put it this way because we'll stick with Brashear. If you say Donald Brashear never did much and had an unimpressive fighting career, you're a fucking idiot. I'm going to put that out there right now. You're an idiot. And I don't know what you're talking about. And I, and then, you know, then list me some, like, I'd love to hear who's, who, who had a better record, really. If you, I know people get so hung up on wins and losses. Who had a better win-loss record than Brashear? Not many people. And once he got to Vancouver and got really, and in his prime and got really rolling, you could count on one hand how many losses he had for a time period, for a stretch. Him and LaRock. So you can sit there and cry to me all you want about their technique and their style and whatever. But the proof is in the pudding. Go on YouTube and look up his fights. Before you just start flapping your lips and sending me private messages and yapping at me on the... Because it happens. I get it all the time. I get After episodes, I get direct messages from a bunch of guys. Or comments on the underneath the episode thing about this, that, and everything. And, and, that, and I love it. I love hearing from you. I, I'm open. I want to hear everybody's comments, good, bad, or otherwise. But you tell me, in all seriousness, before you start flapping your lips and coming at me on social media or whatever, you go on YouTube. I'm not taking you seriously until you go on YouTube and go down and do the research. I've done the research. You go do the research. That's what I always say with Chara. I'll argue with anybody about Chara because you know why? Because I've done the research. I'm not just sitting here like, oh, I don't like Chara, so I'm just going to say he sucks and he does this. Without doing any investigation. Like three quarters of these morons and these threads that talk about these people. Just because they don't like them or their, their favorite announcer said something about them. Then that must be true then. Because that announcer would know. Oh, would he? How many, how many YouTube, even ex-players I've either had on the show or that have podcasts. I hear them talking about stuff and it's like, oh yeah, they might have fought them and they played against them and whatever. And I mean, that's, I mean, fighting him is the ultimate. They, but, they don't do any research into this guy's career. Like, you think some of these guys, they went back on YouTube and, and looked at his fight card. and they don't even, Half the time, they don't even know where the guy played junior. But they played against him when he was in here, and they have a story or two about him. So then they say that, and then everybody just runs with it. Like, you know, like it's spitting shaglets and stuff, and Bissonette, and whatever, and they're talking about guys. I've heard Paul Bissonette say, who's Link Gates? Which blew my mind. I'm like, all the NHL locker rooms and the shirt and the, the, on the buses and in the airplanes, no one brought up a Link Gates story. Like, seriously? Um, I mean, I know Gates was done before Bissonette got playing, but I was just surprised. But, um, but point being, or they talk about Morasti sometimes or whatever. Well, he doesn't, like, you think he's gone back and watched Morasti's Prince Albert or his Tri City fights or his fight in Bakersfield? No. You know, so they don't know the history of these guys. So they're just going by what they've, their their personal experiences, which is fine, but it's just like, and then people listen to it and say, "Oh well, so and so said he wasn't." Oh, when I fought him, he wasn't much. So I'm just gonna go with that then. Like really, like no research done on their own or looked up. You know, it's just you know, it's like come on, it's like you know. So I always say when I when I say things on here about guys, it's because I've done the research. I've sat here for hours at a time watching YouTube clips, making notes here in my notebook. I don't just get on here and stare out the thing and yell at the moon and just say shit about whoever and whatever. It's like I know a lot of these. I, I, I know there's a million podcasts and there's a million people on social media and everything. Oh, they got to say their little hot takes. 
you know, and it's just, it's the drum up controversy to like, basically they're just trolling, you know, and, and why? Well, it's because of, you know, it, oh, it gets people talking. Well, I get it, but it's just like, yeah, but you look like an idiot. But I mean, that's all social media has to be now. There doesn't have to be any truth into anything. You could just, as long as you say your shit, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, that's my opinion. Well, opinion's like the lowest form of human knowledge. Because you can form an opinion with no knowledge about anything. You can just say whatever you want. Well, that's my opinion. I have a right to my opinion. Well, yeah, you do, but you're a fucking moron. So, whatever. You know, I respect the right for people to say whatever, but I don't have to respect what you said. Like, no. So if you're going to come at me and, oh, Brashear suck, why? Oh, cause he hugged. Okay, well, go away. Like, you're a fucking goof. Like, just, no, grow up. He said, and I'm not trying, like I said, I'm not trying to convince anybody that now I'm going to uh, convert a bunch of people and they're all going to run out and buy Brashear Vancouver jerseys. I mean, Tony might be doing that, but, or Tony already owns one. But, <laughs> but seriously, though, I'm not trying to convert anybody here, but it's just like, I'm just saying grow up. You know, we're, we're not on the playground over yelling about whose dad can beat up whose dad. It's like, no, do some, if you're going to flap your, especially on a message board, a fight message board. That's what I always liked about the fight message board. More so than these Facebook groups and the, and whatever. On the old fried chicken website, if you were going to come on that website and flap your lips and talk stupid, you were going to get taken to task. And I appreciated that. And it was like, um, and, and believe me, there was lots of goofs on those old message boards. I couldn't stand half those guys on those boards. Cause a lot of them did, it's the same shit, but you'd get taken to task by somebody. And then it wasn't just, you're being stupid. Why? Cause you are, you know, it was, and then it was just insults. But there was guys that would call you out on that and then list this, this, and this. And it was like, oh, well, okay. Yeah. If you're going to come up with something, I mean, you can just flap your lips and yell about whatever, but, like I said, do some research and have the have the evidence behind you, and then, uh, you know, I I respect that opinion a lot more than just like I said, the idiot that's just yelling that for a bunch of nothing. So, but yeah, that uh, the whole Brashear thing, just whatever, and the stage fight thing. Actually, uh, Jordan in his latest episode talks about the stage fight in Quebec. A um, couple, they got suspended for three <coughs> for having a stage fight and whatever. They got three games, and oh yeah. Because <laughs> because oh, if you fight off the face off, oh god! I mean, we're at that point now. Um, but I always love it when these when these just these goofs on these message boards. Oh, I I like when fighting's part of the play, nothing staged and whatever and all that. But yet, you know what they do? They turn around, and they put up a post of oh how Probert and Domi was the greatest, and Crowder and Probert and all this and uh, blah blah blah. Probert and Domi was the biggest staged fight of all time. This, like, what are we doing? Seriously? But yet, but yet these same idiots are going to sit there and yell, I don't like the stage fight. Like, if somebody put up a Bossy Morasti clip. Oh, yeah, stage fight. Yeah, looks stupid. A bunch of clowns. Yeah, but then, oh, Bobby and Ty was the best. I was there. What's the difference? What's the difference? Goofs. Like, just... Ugh. I love the fact now that they're suspending over it. It's like, oh, well, the fight didn't mean anything. Well, motherfucker, it meant something to the two guys that were in it. What does that mean? The fight didn't mean anything. I've never understood that. Oh, it's a fight that doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I know it's a dead... I brought this up a thousand times. I'm still trying to figure out how the person that's saying it knows that the fight never meant anything. 
How, you were there? Like, what do you mean? Oh, I saw it on TV. Well, okay. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. Were you in the dressing room? Were you in the locker room? Were you in the ice with him? No. Like, like Cam Jansen put one time, somebody talked about a stage fight. The fight didn't mean anything. Jansen said, well, my fights meant something to me. So I was like, what are you talking about? You know, these people. But I, I just, again, it's this like, but they'll talk about all these old fights with just, you know, reverence. And it's like, you know, but by the term stage fight with the definition that you yell around on these fight boards about it, half the fights you're talking about were staged. So, <laughs> you know, I guess every time we play an old 70s, 80s and <laughs> and 90s clip and the fight was off the face off. Oh, I guess that was a stage staged fight. Don't you hate those? Really? The same thing on that Probert fight fan, fight group the other day, which, which is probably the mo- one of the most embarrassing fight groups on Twitter uh, or on Facebook. But uh, it's these guys that talk about, oh, that's why I don't like the modern game. Every time there's a hit, there's a fighter. It's staged and whatever. Um, well, first of all, most fights in hockey happen because either at that moment or somebody hit a teammate or was harassing a teammate. So the enforcer came out slapping around the other guy, whatever. There was a hit that probably led to that fight. I mean, it's much, it seems much more prevalent now. One, there's more coverage now than there's ever been and cameras all over. They get everything now. Um, there's much more uh, exposure to it because of social media and every game is televised, but that shit's been going on forever. I don't know why everybody talks like this is new shit. Um, once again, as I pointed out, I know it completely goes over people's heads. Every time there's a hit, there's a fight. Oh, sure. Pittsburgh Penguins lead the NHL this year in hits per game. They have two fights as a team. So, uh, well, I guess that throws that theory out the window. Although, as I said, I guess if, if everything's absolute. But it, I already brought up this in a, a couple past episodes. You know, all the hit leaders have like, I don't know, 900 fights between the five of them and, and like 11 fights. Well, so who's doing all this fighting then after hitting? It's like, okay. But that always has happened. And then all these fights that you supposedly love so much, like, oh, Ray Twist, when Twist broke his, or well, I guess that was, that must have been staged too then. You know, oh, yeah, like I said, these same guys that love to yell that they have all their little little code rules that they, that, that the fight has to fall into before they like it now. But meanwhile, they'll go on and on about a fight in the 90s of their favoritist, you know, oh, Bobby, you know, well, so all of Probert's fights off the draw were staged. Now someone listening goes, well, no, now you're just talking stupid. Well, I'm not. I am simply using the examples that you put out and you're, and you're, you like to throw this out, this phrase. I'm just using your phrasing against you. You know, it's, it, it's just interesting. Uh, what's staged mean? You know, I hate staged fights, but my all time favorite fights, Probert and Domi, round two. Okay. Really? No. Yeah. Idiocy, idiocy. And now, a message from our sponsors. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wildcard round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get in on the no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet on your choice, and if it loses, 
you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? Yeah, guys, uh, here's a little for you. Uh, oh, Seattle and San Francisco, it's going to be a tough one. But hey, Seattle's a big 9.5 point underdog, but they're 15-4 and four, straight up. In the last 19 games against San Francisco. Something to think about. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let's get on to this list, shall we? We'll wrap things up here. But it is the New York Islanders. Uh... Well, it was actually a top 10, but I can't find the, uh, the link is only for one. He never sent me the second link. So we're just doing the top five here of New York Islander enforcers. Um, as I open one through five, I'm going to hold on. I got to, yeah, I'm checking the links. That was the only link he sent to me for this. So, okay. Um, it's actually a little bit older, uh, June 5th, 2008 by John Hill. Um, it actually looks like it's the official, oh, it's the official site of the Islanders. Oh, okay. So this is the Island. Really? This is funny that the team website would actually have an enforcer list on it. Good for them. I'm glad they did. Most teams would shy away from this sort of thing. So, um, yeah, let's get into it. Joe's on the Lazito's on the edge of his seat right now, ready to start yelling. Um, should have got Joe. They should have got Joe to do this. It would have been a much more. Uh, well, I don't know what this guy's list is, but I can tell you Lazito's would be a lot more comprehensive. We'll put it that way. Um, all right, here we go. Hockey is a game that's far more about just scoring goals. Because of the physical nature of the sport, some of the most important players in the ice are the strong men who protect the goal scorers. Below are the top five enforcers in Isles history. All right, here we go. Number five. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hot start. Gary Howitt. Um, Howitt, known throughout his career as a toy tagger, compensated for lack of size with extreme toughness and energy. Howitt started his career in the inaugural Islanders team in 72. His career in the Islanders spanned nine seasons. The Alberta native played an important role as a scrapper and enforcer at two Stanley Cup teams. Howitt was a fan favorite, particularly for his tendencies to back down from no one. Along with Nystrom, um, he was known by some fans as half of the dynamic duo, which would inspire a Nystrom-Howitt dynamic duo fan club. That, that's tremendous. Um, Howard at the time, I, I bet you Joe still got his uh, fan club card in his wallet. I'll have to ask him. Howard at the time, uh, of his departure from the, <coughs> from the Islanders was the team's all time, uh, penalty minute leader. He also led the team penalty minutes in all but two of his years on the island. Yeah, I mean, I was, um, again, uh, with the 70, I've seen, obviously seen the how, how it's fights and stuff. Um, I, I always thought he was cool, but I know he was undersized, but, um, again, I'm not going to sit here and try to uh, profess to be some expert of the 70s because I'm not, or the early 80s. That's not my wheelhouse. Um, I, again, I've seen some of the footage. Um, you, you know, I, I would I would assume Nick Gillies and Nystrom would obviously be ahead of him on this list. But, you know, and the, obviously those were the, kind of the two heavy hitters at the Islanders. But yeah, how it, I mean, I know they talk about the dynamic duel, but just those three guys alone, I mean... That's, um, I mean, the Islanders could definitely play it any way you want, right? And, uh, at that time, well, that's what made them so, that's what made them the dynasty that they were. And, um, I believe I mentioned it the other, uh, the other episode there when I talked about tough guys with big seasons. I mean, everything's a blur now, but I've, I'm fairly certain I talked about Howard. I think he had a 21 goal year one year, um, with the Islanders. So, um, I know he just wasn't some, you know, goof that, didn't know what the little frozen thing rolling around was like, no, how it could play. And, uh, um, yeah, tremendous toy tagger. There you go. Number five. 
Number four. Well, there you go, Bob Nystrom. Mr. Islander began his career as a member of the inaugural Islander team, spent his entire 14-year career on the island, nicknamed Thor by his teammates for his fighting ability. Nystrom matched his ability as a fighter. Hardworking attitude improved his skating drastically throughout his career. Nystrom was certainly one of the toughest players on the team, also developed into one of the most clutch players in NFL. NHL, I'm still thinking about that San Francisco-Seattle game. Uh, the NHL history was also known throughout his career as a strong checking defensive prowess. Stockholm native played with as much heart and tenacity as anybody in the game. Uh, Stockholm native. Um, I know he came over to, I think he was born there, but he was raised in North America because he played in the Western Hockey League and with the Calgary Wranglers and stuff. Um, imagine seeing WHL footage of Nystrom. Oh, that'd be tremendous. I don't even know if I've actually ever even seen a WHL picture of Bob Nystrom. Hmm, now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I love watching Nystrom fight on those old 70s uh, tapes that I have. Uh, wide, like toe-to-toe guy, wild swinging, um, take one to give one. I mean, I'm a huge knight. I was a huge, like, if I would grow up, if that was in my, like, formal, like, teenage years and that, you know, when he was playing and stuff, I can guarantee Nystrom would probably been my favorite, one of my favorite players. Um, uh, cause he, he was, you know, with the hitting and just the, just the savagery in which he fought. Like, when Nystrom fought, you could see, like, he was just angry and vicious and he, he, he didn't care. And he was going to throw, man. And, uh, and like I said, really solid player, scored one of the biggest goals and, uh, probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest goal in, in Islander history. And, uh, yeah, man, Bob Nystrom, I'm, I'm down. Number three. Oh, here we go. Um, Rich Pilon. Mm. Pilon spent the vast majority of his career at the Islanders after being drafted by the team in 86. First season, 88, was known for his physical presence on the ice. Uh, first season, he, had, he amassed 242 penalty minutes, extremely hard-nosed. Pilon had the ability to get under opponent's skin despite being hampered by injuries. Pilon was able to amass double digits of fights in the first two seasons and led the team in penalty minutes three times over his 12 years at the Islanders. He is uh, second all-time behind teammate Mick Fakota in penalty minutes. Um, yeah, the uh, Pilon. Well, I, I certainly wouldn't have Rich Pilon in front of Nystrom or Howitt, for that matter. Um, and if he's number three, I'm assuming I know who one and two are, but, uh, well, who knows? Um, yeah, I, to be completely honest, I was never a Pilon fan again, but gritty, hard, no, like, yeah, hard nose defenseman would hit. He would fight. I mean, I'm not taking that away from him. I mean, he was dirty. I know a lot of guys have no, have, have shit on him over the years. Um, yeah, I know he had the real serious eye injury, which, uh, which was, which caused him to play with a visor, which I know a lot of guys took issue with that you're going to play like that, but wear the visor, although he had to wear the visor for obviously, uh, medical reasons, but, um, at the same time, you know, at that, at that point in time, cause not a lot of guys wore vi, well, it was always kind of, you know, obviously that back in the eighties, nineties, if you're going to be a physical guy, you didn't wear a visor, it, like for lack of better term, the visors were for the for the for the soft guys, um, so I think he lost, he had a lot of lost a lot of respect from guys over that. Although, although obviously with the eye he needed to, but um, but yeah, I mean t- I'm not saying he was a puncher, but you know tough enough guy would fight and everything. Um, you know was he the greatest fighter? Eh, no, but again, I mean when you're fighting, and you have to protect an eye, and you have that too. I mean that that will obviously change your style a little bit, uh, or not a little bit, but drastically. So I mean that probably hampered him a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, there's no denying his toughness or anything like that, but would I have Rich Pilon on a top five list? No, um, no. Um, obviously I'll talk about, well, we'll go through the next two, you know, after that I'll talk about who I think should have been on the list, but, uh, Rich Pilon, I would not have on a list. 
of top five. Number two, Mick Fakoda. Uh, Fakoda amassed 1,879 penalty minutes, 10 seasons the Islanders. One of the most feared enforcers in the league. Amassed 82 minutes in the penalty box in 17 games his rookie season. From 88 to 94, never spent more than 200 minutes in any season. Fakoda racked up well over 100 fights his career with the Islanders. Set a career high with 31 fights in 74 games in the 91-92 season. He's the Islanders' all-time leader in penalty minutes. Yeah, and I mean, with Fakoda, it's one of those things. I mean, people always shit on him for the body slam thing. Um, you know, okay. Um, if actually, if you really, uh, Mick, speaking of Joe Lazito with the Coliseum Chronicles, he did, um, oh, what was it? A three or four part interview with Mick Fakoda and it's, it's second to none. I mean, great guest, great stories. Uh, you want to know about Mick Fakoda, listen to that interview. You'll know everything about him. Um, probably I would say that was probably one of the best, um, in terms of interviews, like fight interviews, um, get know a player and all that stuff i that's probably the best fighter interview i've ever that's ever been put on a podcast i'd you know i mean i i'll say it i mean it's blown anything i've done out of the water i mean you know in terms of just length de- um just the the uh information that went into it the the just just everything it's just ugh. You know, the Islanders should put that up on their damn website is what they should do. Um, but yeah. But no, with Fakoda, um, oh, Sastoon guys, so maybe I'm biased, but, uh, the, the one thing with Fakoda that, uh, I will say, and I've said this on here before, and, um, um, he was actually, he was, he was big and strong, and he could, he could go toe to toe, and he did sometimes. I, I, he'd, he'd throw the body slam out even when fights he was winning. Like, it wasn't just some, like, I mean, he did it when he was losing sometime, obviously, and to get out of the fight, but he'd be winning fights and he'd just grab the guy by the pants and slam him. I mean, I know he always said, like, oh, I'm, I'm literally trying to slam the guy, I know in the interview that I saw, um, slam the guy's head in the ice. Like, it's, like, he used that as an offensive move. And it's like, man, and people can cringe and, you know, whatever, but fighting to fucking win back then, I mean, I don't know what they're fighting for now, but back then it was jungle man, and, uh, and Fakoda was a bad dude, and actually, I work with a guy that, uh, grew up with Mick Fakoda, and he has some really, I'm, ho- I'm hoping to try to get him on the show here, he's a little nervous about coming on the show, but he's, he was around the SJHL in the Western League back in the 70s and early 80s, so with those old Blades team with Coaster and Brown, he grew up with those guys, he's the same age as they are, and oh, you gotta see, there's some Brown street fight stories, and some Fakoda street fight stories in Saskatoon, that, um, that he could share, and I'm, I'm hoping to get him on because he's got some great stuff, he's some great, and, and then but some great hockey brawls and stuff. And this again, there's no video footage of this or whatever. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to hoping to get him on the show because he's got some good stuff. But yeah, he told me Fakota back in the day, street fighting was a bad dude, man, and uh, and hung out with some bad dudes. Um, but yeah, Fakota was he was mean. I, you know, I I don't know what else is there to say. He was a mean dude and. And, um, yeah, again, I, you know, I know people have their style, you know, they don't like his style or whatever, but in terms of his effectiveness, it can't be denied. And I mean, he played forever there and, uh, you know, um, I, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm certainly not a Fakota hater. Um, I, I found him, I guess I was, I find him frustrating sometimes is, I guess is the term. The thing that always kind of, that, that I found kind of wild was, Towards the end, like at the end of his career there in Montreal, and then when he went and played in the IHL with Utah and stuff, you go and watch those fights, he's going wide open, toe-to-toe. And it's like, this is at the end of his career. 
And it's just like, you know, why did you, you weren't doing this in the, in the, with the Islanders in the nineties, you know, it was just like a, almost a different fight style. Like he was certain, I guess maybe if you're down the eye <coughs> at that age, he, he was trying to prove himself like he could still do it. And yeah, it was, it was really wild to see his, his style sort of change, um, as he got older and, uh, and out of the NHL, it was kind of, you know, cause you'd think if any time you're going to just sort of wrestle, dump a guy and just get out of it, it'd be at the end when you're in the eye, right? After a, you know, 12, 13 year NHL career, but if he went the opposite and started swinging wide open, crazy. But yeah, Mick Fakota, number two, number one, I would assume. Yeah, there we go. Number one, Clark Gillies. Um, Gillies is part of the core group, the Islanders dynasty of the early eighties. Over the course of his career, he was among the most respected goal scorers and forcers in the league. In his rookie year, he set the tone for the rest of his career when he fought Dave Schultz in the playoffs. Schultz had just set the NHL's all time record for penalty minutes in a season, a record that still stands today. Gillies continued to make a name for himself as a tight player and not be pushed around in the 80 playoffs. His dominance of Bruins and Forrest Terry O'Reilly helped invigorate the Islanders on their Stanley Cup winning run. Gillies continued to be a, a keystone of the team during this four-year reign as the Stanley Cup champs. He'll forever be remembered as one of the all-time great Islanders. He was inducted in the Hockey Hall of Fame in 2002. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about Clark Gillies? One of the best power forwards of all time um, in the Hall of Fame. Um... You know, I guess I, and I'm, and I'm, I can't back out of it now because I've said it on the air a bunch of times and, and on di- in different forms. I mean, I guess my only knock on Gillies would probably be the lack of fights. Um, but again, I mean, he was a, obviously a top line player as well. So it's like, well, you know, obviously you don't want them fighting as much, but, uh, I think there's probably a few times, um, I would have liked to have seen him engage more. Um, but when he did, it was, uh, yeah. And he's a big dude. I mean, Gillies would be big by today's standards, let alone like 70s, early 80s. So, you know, probably, you know, 6'3", 220, 225. I mean, you know, uh, but yeah, dominant fighter. Um, I've read actually some old uh, Regina Pats newspaper articles about him as well. And and a massive rep coming out of the Western Hockey League. What a great athlete. I don't know how many people know this, but he played in the, he played minor league baseball. He was in the Houston Astros organization. Um, and he would, after baseball was done, he'd come back and he'd play junior hockey in the winter. Um, so unbelievable. I mean, to play two pro sports, um, shows you the athlete that he was. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I, I, I put up a picture of him in an Astros uniform one time. Well, it was when, unfortunately when he passed away and I put up, oh, you know, fun fact. And then it had the Islanders thing in it or uh, the Astros picture of him and I, a little brief write up of his playing career. Um, I think he was a catcher first baseman, if I remember correctly. But he's a utility guy. Um, you know, needless to say, he made the right career decision. We'll put it that way. But still played in the minors with the Houston Astros. I believe he played with uh, who did he play? Bob Bourne, I believe, was a teammate of his. And of course, that, you know, amazing they play with the Houston Astros farm team, and then they end up on the New York Islanders winning Stanley Cups. Um, but um, where was I going with this? Oh, so I put the article up, whatever, and people were just commenting and stuff. And the one guy comments that, because he grew up on the island, he goes, oh, well, no wonder when the, when the Islanders uh, would do a charity softball game, like, Gillies was so good. It's like, well, now I get it. Because I don't know if Gillies ever met, well, clearly he never mentioned, or this guy never read any articles about him playing in the minor minor league baseball. So, yeah, I guess, you know, they're playing the slow pitch game, and Gillies is just dropping bombs. It's like, you know, at the plate. It's like, wow, there you go. That would explain it. So, but yeah, Clark Gillies, number one. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, I'd say so. And uh, outstanding athlete, unfortunately, passed away. Um, actually last year and, uh, you know, uh, from cancer, which, uh, 
you know, I, I can't remember how old. I think he was in his, was he in his late 60s, I believe? Um, late 60s, early, I believe it would be his uh, mid-late 60s. But uh, from all accounts, great guy. Um, I know I talked to a few guys at work that knew him. Um, one guy was from Regina and kind of grew up with him. Yeah, I said he's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, big dude and uh, tough guy and, uh, well, NHL Hall of Famer. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't get uh, much much tougher than Clark Gillies. But, yeah, an interesting list. I don't think I would have Pilon on the list. I mean, you know, I mean, you missed, uh, you know, Eric Karens, Bomber, um, while Ash and Diddick, Trevor Gillies, Matt Martin. I mean, I would put all those guys in front of Rich Pilon um, if we're just going by fighting ability. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would have, uh, yeah, Gillies, Fakoda, Nystrom. Um, yeah. Overall, though, pretty, pretty solid list. I, I really can't, I, like I said, the Pilon, Pilon one was the only one I kind of have an issue with, but at the same time, I get it. But, uh, but yeah, there you go. Top five toughest New York Islanders. Um, according to the, well, NewYorkIslander.com. There you go. Um, anyway, folks, there you go. Wow, almost an hour. It went a little, went, uh, longer than I thought it was going to. Don't they always? But, uh, anyway, folks, I really want to thank you for tuning in. Um, I am working on getting some interviews. I've talked to some guys. Also talking about getting the Minor League Mayhem tournament going. Um, it's just time and, uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, just time. It always comes down to time. So, um, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. But uh, hang in there. But I appreciate it. As I always say, get a hold of me on social media, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter as well as Facebook. If not, if you're not on social media and you want to talk to me, hockey hockey fights at Hotmail. Uh, yeah, drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you, good, bad, or otherwise. Got suggestions? Want to come on the show? Um, yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys. And and I really appreciate the guys that have re- uh, reached out lately and talked. And uh, it's always fun to talk to fellow fans. So that was cool. But uh, yeah, guys, let's get out of here. Let's, uh, you're probably listening to it Monday and, uh, sitting there on the drive to work or, uh, on the commute or, uh, you know, sitting in your, in your, uh, cubicle eating your cheese sandwich there and, or like Joe, you know, putting his fish in the microwave with his AirPods, earbuds on. Can't hear people swearing at him while he's listening. But, uh, yeah, let's get out of here. Let's attack the work week, folks. Talk to you cats on Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?